There's a popular saying in our culture that if you build it, they will come. And I am today in this episode, this micro show, here to tell you that that is just straight up not true. So instead, I want you to think of if you build it, they won't necessarily come. And then the follow-on question, the obvious follow-on question is that, well, Chase, if I want people to see my work, my product, my photography, my business, I want awareness in popular culture, if I want to get the work, my deep, meaningful work out into the world, how do I get people to see it? So today's episode is intended, again, under the operating title, if you build it, they won't necessarily come. So today's episode is intended to take this concept that you've heard from me on this podcast, in the books, in the videos, on the internet, this other 50% concept, and make it into something that is actionable and digestible for anyone who wants to maximize the reach, the engagement with an audience, ideally something that you craft and grow to get your work in front of people, to get your work seen. Because you can have the best ideas in the world, but if they are hiding in your parents' basement, they do nobody any good. So then, under that line of thinking, this originally came from a guest's question some time ago on The Daily Creative. That person, if you remember, that's a YouTube series where I've answered 100 questions from you that have come in over the course of a long time. You can do that by subbing to my YouTube channel. The, the original question was, how do I network? How do I build community? And the concept of the other 50% is that you should spend roughly 50% of your time doing amazing work. And what is commonly misunderstood is that the people who you look out to the universe and see that they have the traction, the engagement, whether you call it success, fulfillment, whatever, that they have actually, those people that you look up to, admire, respect, and appreciate, that you maybe know their work, they have actually done this work that I'm talking about, which is the other 50%. They've put at some place, time, spot, some vector, they have put 50% of their effort in an ongoing way into building community, a community ready to receive their work. And there's hundreds of examples. You can Google my name and this concept on the internet. And I go into detail. I don't want to do that here in the show. I don't want to rehash old ideas, but I promise you, that just putting good work out into the world is not enough. So I want you to ask a couple of questions. One, are you doing the work? If 50% of the work, you're like, oh my God, that is an extreme amount. It's true. But think of the things that fall under or fall rather beyond or outside this just doing the work into building community. That is communicating with other people on the internet, showing up at... Um, at trade shows and at events for your industry, these are things that might seem, you know, the value might be obscured or might be curious. You're not quite sure how they, like these are all things that actually contribute. Are you following other people, commenting, liking, trying to add value, trying to ask for advice and inspiration and connection in person, in real life? Are you working with mentors? Are you part of a mastermind? Are There's a thousand ways. Are you, are you, 
working to improve your craft and in doing so communicating with other people who are at the same level interfacing with some folks who are a little further along in the food chain or a little bit behind your your particular arc like this is all part of the equation so i'm asking are you doing the work are you really actually participating also are you aware that this cannot possibly happen overnight i'm Again, patience is something that is um, largely misunderstood. Uh, I believe, uh, I've also talked a lot about this, I believe in short-term urgency and long-term patience. Um, and this is a great um, place to park this. This idea of patience is around building community. You can't snap your fingers and have a community. You might have a viral hit, and then, but then you have an audience that's not really a community. So by building a community, I mean all again mentors and people that you are mentoring and people that you're learning with people that you're sharing your work with and there's a bunch of probably different concentric rings like there's the inner circle and then you know then you got you know your followers on twitter and then you've got a you know a, an email newsletter or something and then you've got someone who's even further out so are you developing this and most importantly are you playing the long game because any desire to cash in or to extract value before you actually have relationships in a community will be deleterious, will be negative to the long-term goals that you seek. So if you can, again, approach this concept of needing to do the other 50% of, if you build it, they won't necessarily come. So what can you do to make them aware of your work? I want to now transition into a couple very basic, I'm going to call it three tactics that are going to make this episode worth your while. Three granular things to do. Now, in the process of building community, there is often this sort of chicken and the egg. It's like, wait a minute, if I build something and put it out there and I only have two followers, you know, then I'm not really, you know, I, you know, help me understand this relationship. And I'm here to tell you that this is part of what I mean with respect to patience. The first people who read my blog 15 years ago, you know, were <laughs> people that uh, were employees of mine, were, were, was my mom, was the, you know, 50 or so friends that I had on the internet. And um, I felt like I was writing for no one. And in that moment, what I, re what I realized and justified to myself was like, I'm working on my craft. This is a practice. And I'm just practicing in public rather than in private, even if that public footprint is small. Um, you will have a hard time at the beginning grokking this, that I just spent 10 hours on a, an essay, a blog post, a photo essay, a short film, and only 117 people looked at it. This is why I'm doing this episode. That is a necessary step. And every single person who you look up to, appreciate, admire, who, whose work you find inspirational has been in this position. There are no shortcuts. You cannot leapfrog. You can accelerate this process by your work being good and being really engaged in community. That's part of why I'm, you know, again, mentioning this because that it's, it's an essential step that you cannot skip. And even if you could, that would give you a false sense of what it takes to actually build a lasting brand, business, concept, idea. So don't seek to have that be anything other than it is, which is a long-term game. Therefore, I would love to um, pull in uh, an example. A good friend of mine, Lovey, 
You may be familiar with her work on the internet, L-U-V-V-I-E. Um, she did exactly what I'm talking about here, started writing, and there was really no one on the other end of the phone for a long time. And then over time, she went from writing small things and having a small audience to writing slightly longer things and having a medium-sized audience and having a blog that actually grew over number of years. And she turned that work into her first book. And lo and behold, now she is a New York Times bestselling author. She's a, an absolute legend on the internet. And if you're not following her, I suggest you do. She's amazing. But most importantly here is her path is exactly the path I'm describing. I will also share that this is my personal experience. This is my personal path. So there, where there are thousands of examples on the internet, everyone who's been on the show, <laughs> for example, and Lovey, myself, these are reasons why the tactic number one is if you're thinking that this is a chicken or egg argument, just get that out of your head, start doing the work, start finding people to get your work in front of. And even though 117 people are going to watch the first video that you spent eight hours making, those are a valuable 117 people. And of those, 86 are going to stick around. And those 86 are the people that you're now making, uh, you're now engaging with your next body of work, your next film, your next video, your next blog post, whatever it may be. Um, this iterative, smaller project path, doing things like podcasts or blog posts, this is the best way to build momentum, build real honest, sticky momentum for anything you want to do in the future, for books, for films. And again, I just have to bring it back to my own experience. Many of you know me as an entrepreneur. You didn't know that I was a photographer who didn't have credentials to photograph the World Extreme Skiing Championship in 1997 and so slept in my car, snuck up on the course, dug a hole in the snow, slept there, woke up already on the course so that they couldn't deny me and then after I got a couple of pictures published from that, and then I got a, a, a magazine assignment and a commercial job, and then you know, fast forward 10 years to then be able to leverage the millions of people who are paying attention to me in photography in launching you know, the first um, photography app that allowed you to, you know, that it was a social network that allowed, and then from there that turned into Creative Live. So there's a very clear path of small, steps over time turning into the next thing. Do not wish those steps to go away because if you skip steps, you will, um, <laughs> your foundation will not be strong. All right then. Um, I do want to give a shout out to my friend Ryan Connolly. Um, he's done a great job with this on Film Riot. I don't know if you're familiar with that YouTube channel. He's got an amazing course on Creative Live as well, a beginning filmmaking course. Uh, check out Film Riot uh, and Lovey, as I already mentioned. So that's, again, tactic one, building community. Now, two, let's go back to this ratio. I call it the other 50%, but let's talk about how the other 50% is actually spent, how you spend this time. This is uh, accomplished a number of ways. And I came up with this idea of 50% after doing the math on my own experience, doing the math on experiences like friends, Tim Ferriss or Damon John with FUBU or, or whatever. And 
the difficult part of the other 50% is it's not always 50%. Like from 8 a.m. to noon is working on the work and from noon to four is working on community. Although that may work, that could be, that's fine. It's appropriate. But let's take, for example, the concept of an author. Now, some authors like to lock themselves, you know, in their, <laughs> in some cabin in the woods and they want to write for six months. Or you look at someone like Madonna or Lady Gaga who may go away for a number of years and she's not very active on, on social or in her personal or creative uh, circles. They may be working on their new next thing. And then they come out and they go on tour and they promote that like crazy, you know, all day, all they're doing, they're not actually creating that much. They're actually deploying and distributing their work. So that is a reasonable way of doing it. Again, let's go back to the author. The author may, you know, lock themselves in a cave and write for six months or a year and then spend a year talking about only, you know, talking publicly about that work. And in talking about it, they are meeting people at book tour events. They are speaking on stages. They are having dinners with publishers and uh, buyers of books and bookstore owners. And, and so they are building community. And then they will then haul that community into their next project and their next project. But here's another slight twist on that. Some folks, they write in their cave, but they also will in their, say, weekly newsletter, share weekly updates on what they were writing about, that they have a new book in the works and here are the topics that they're thinking about. And they're sort of building and growing a community while they're doing this body of work. And now let's go back to someone who might not be an established author or not might not be a, a Lady Gaga or a Damon John. And let's let's talk about you who are just beginning on your journey. I think that your creativity, the work that you're doing and this idea of building community, you might actually be building more community. You are, you know, say you have a job and you are writing your book. I'm using a book because it's uh, it's an easy example here. Um, you're writing your book and you're writing 500 to 1,000 words a day, which takes you about an hour. Uh, and then you have a J-O-B that you're going to in order to pay the bills while you're working on this dream that you have of becoming a writer. But you are aware that the people that you work with at the bike shop are not necessarily the people who are going to help your book to be successful. You're still talking about the fact that you're a writer, but you're really, as soon as you leave work at the bike shop or at the restaurant or the bar or from parking cars as a valet or whatever, you're going to an event, an in-person event in New York City where you are meeting other writers or you're joining the Nanaimo uh, book writing club online, or you're subscribed to creative live and you're interacting with other people who are at the same journey in their right, same point in the journey of their writing career as you are. So ironically, you're writing for 45 minutes a day or a morning, you get up early before the kids or before work or whatever. And then, you know, each night you're spending a couple hours online. And once every two weeks, you're going to an in-person meetup in your local city. And then once a month, you're going to a, a trade show. You might actually be spending more time building community than you are actually doing the work. I gave the 50-50 rule here. The idea, it's a guideline. It's not a rule. It's a guideline. And it's mostly a vehicle to get you to think about just 100% writing and then putting it out there in the world 
is going to do nothing. Even today, in this day, let's say you are a legendary writer just out of the, you know, the first thing you wrote is great and you submitted to an agent and the agent said, I want to represent you. And then they took that to a publisher. The publisher, one of the questions that the publisher will ask the agent is, great, what kind of a community has this person built? 15, 20 years ago, it was the job of the publisher to get that seen by a white audience. And they do have some hooks into distribution and to get you in front of places that you could not be before. But I'm telling you right now that this is an equation that is part of the, the, the thinking here that most people are not aware of. The agent's first question is like, cool, well, this is a great work, but have you been building community? And it might be phrased in a different way. And this is not necessarily just a translation of followers because hollow followers, if you have 100,000 people who follow you on some social media platform, but you get no engagement or you've bought them or acquired them through frivolous or otherwise uh, nefarious ways, that's not going to fool anybody. Mostly it's not going to fool you. And that's not a way to think about truly getting your art out there in the world. This is a, you get one chance at this life. So I want you to, again, take a deep breath, recognize that this is the way it is. Enjoy that, embrace it and say, now I know something that 99% of the people who are trying to do what I'm doing don't know. I'm going to play the long game and start building this however slow however awkward I am, these are skills that I'm going to learn and develop alongside the, the craft of doing the thing that I'm, I want to be doing. And it's going to help me. Now, I've used some examples. I want you to now, the tactic is how am I going to divide up my time as Chase said. I would like you to schedule this stuff. Again, if you go back to my book, Creative Calling, Setting up your workflow and your, your schedule is actually a very valuable piece of, of creating. So don't skip that step. Tell me what time you're going to contribute to writing your book. Again, I'm using book as an analogy to whether this is build your business, you know, build the website, identify a product, you know, go shoot photos for your portfolio, your photo essay, whatever the thing. And make a schedule for that and schedule building community schedule following 25 people who are in your industry leaving positive interesting comments on their work and do that every day and make it roughly the same amount of time or more than you're putting in to honing your craft i promise that you will start to see some results and the results will help both aspects of your business as you're leaving these comments and interacting with people on the internet and ideally in real life finding mentors and helping other people who are further behind the food chain than you are, that you will in not just benefit from the long-term community, but you will also then learn things that you can apply to your craft. So it's a little bit of a force multiplier that most people don't know about. Okay. If again, if one is building community, two is understanding the ratio of time to spend on your craft and community. Then the third and final point that I promise to deliver you now in this episode is to trust the process of moving toward mastery. Now, 
it's been said, and it's a, it's, it's, it's a good placeholder that to achieve mastery in something takes 10,000 hours. That's the Malcolm Gladwell point. And whether it takes 5,000 or 15,000 doesn't actually matter. It takes time. That is one of the reasons I'm suggesting you employ patience. You've heard, I've been talking about this for years. You heard it from uh, one of my favorite podcast episodes of all time. We had just within the last couple of months, Ben Ueda, B-E-N-U-Y-E-D-A. Um, amazing guy. You've heard it from Gary Vee, uh, from lots of other sources, this idea of, of short-term urgency, long-term patience. All of these folks were relatively a master at their thing before they had recognition and attention on the internet. They were, like for example, with Gary, he was great at building business and understanding wine. And he was those things for a long time and realized that I'm great at these things and I'm not able to like do much with it. And then decided to engage this, this audience, the other 50%. And it was in through, through engaging the other 50% concept that I'm talking about here, that it's the reason that you know these names if I mention them. So this is a product of today's media landscape and you don't have to love it. You might not enjoy the internet at all. You might say, gosh, I don't understand it or whatever. But if you want to get your work in out there and you want to do it without with, with a minimal number of gatekeepers keeping you from the success that you seek in this world, then this is a vector and it is a part of the process. I'm not out there saying this is part of a, a, a life. You don't have to do this. You can paint in your room in the basement. No one even needs to know you're a painter. You can get a ton of joy from it. But I'm speaking to anyone who wants to use this craft or a piece of their life to help them create not just a life but a living and a living that is fulfilled. And so I just want to be clear. I am assuming just based on surveying this audience, what I know from the audience at Creative Live and from online learning and tutorials, that most people are, would be would, would love to make some money on the thing that was their side hustle and maybe maybe someday make it into their main their main gig. So I believe that I'm speaking to the majority of the audience when I share that this process of mastering something is a valuable piece along the way. And what I, I do see people try and maximize the extraction of value too soon in the process. Like I have a thousand followers on Twitter. I want to try and make 50 grand from them. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that in order to, if, if you want the maximum effect, then continue to defer the extraction of value from that audience uh, as long as possible and continue to invest into the audience, into the community, into this balanced ex expression of who you are in creating work and as a leader of a community. If you have not purchased and or read my book, Creative Calling, the entire fourth section, the section called Amplify, is focused specifically on this topic that I just was told that the book is 50% off at Amazon right now, the hardback. So now is a great time to go pick up Creative Calling. There's, I don't know, more than 500 or 800 or 1,000, some number of reviews, five-star reviews. So if you're curious about how to spend your 15 bucks, I think it's the best $15 you can spend. Uh, the fact that you're listening to this podcast uh, probably tells me you've already got the copy. But if you don't, this section of the book is is so valuable. Understanding that 
becoming a master will help you not only master other things, but is you will actually be an expert and extracting maximum value from the smallest possible audience will decrease in importance because you will be able to be making money doing other things and you will be able to have a long-term view if you are truly have mastered something, 10,000, 15,000 hours. So if you can hold that in mind, that extracting value is fine to be postponed because in pursuing mastery, you are everything that you're building along the way is actually fuel. It's fuel both to your craft and to your audience. Uh, it, it, these, these, this fuel fuels your next steps. Learning how to learn, learning how to problem solve, how to handle different, how to handle difficult times, and importantly, how to think long term and both master a craft and build a community around your work. That will give you the highest chance for the success that I believe, based on me surveying you and hearing from you, that you seek. Now, that's the third thing, trusting the process towards mastery. Mastery in itself, the objective um, is a, a good aspiration and it may serve all of your needs, but I believe that it is one piece of a larger pie if you look at the uh, what I am preaching here. So again, just a quick recap. If you build it, they will not necessarily come. Therefore, it is your job to not just build it, but to build a community around your work. I believe there are three general principles, three general tactics, rather, that I would like you to do. One, I would like you to build community. I used examples of starting very, very small with 17 people reading your blog or your book or looking at your Instagram channel or one person per year hiring you to do a photography gig and then growing that over time. Two, how much time you are spending on your craft and growing your community. It's a fluid thing. I want you to be okay with it to being fluid, but to be mindful that you may not be doing enough of one or the other. Small interjection here. There's nothing worse than someone who doesn't know shit about their craft, their who they are, they're putting work out there, and they're building this audience uh, on a thinly veiled uh, set of shenanigans. It's much more long-term and stable and I think healthy to actually know what you're talking about. And it doesn't have to mean you have to be good. It just has to be known that you, you are on your journey. You're documenting that journey. Just don't, don't worry about creating a facade. So again, the ratio of time you spent on your craft and the other 50%, that should fluctuate. Be aware of it. And then the third one is trust this process of leading towards mastery in the craft toward which you endeavor. Whew. That's a serious rant, but I, the reason I am doing this show is because A, of the popularity of the concept of the other 50%, that I look across the landscape and I do not see someone who has not done it. I think it is um, something that you ought to know and you ought to practice it and engage with it. So if you are someone who as all, everyone who has achieved mastery at some point or had commercial success knows, at some points, it will feel like you are yelling into the wind. But because you have that feeling, I want this show, this particular episode to let you know that you are not alone. It does not mean your work is not good. It does not mean the things that you often, that we all often attribute 
the meaning that we often attribute falsely to the feeling of yelling into the wind. What it means is that you are not taking a proactive, um, thoughtful, patient approach to the life, the career, the work that you seek. Okay, that's it. It's doable, it's achievable. Everyone who you look up to, respect, admire, and appreciate in some capacity for the work that they've done, has they have taken this path, I promise you, whether they are aware of it or not. And your job is to keep building, continue to grow. All right, signing off. Hopefully you've, uh, there's a bunch of references. We'll you list those in the show notes so you can type them up on the internet and uh, or look them up on the internet and get a, another layer of value. Um, but signing off until next show, maybe you're just going to get right in the next episode of the podcast, which would be cool because there's more there waiting for you likely. Um, but if not, I'm signing off, uh, feel free to shout out some questions to me on the internet. I try and answer them and you can also, uh, you probably are aware that you can, uh, I will engage with you. You can text me, right? The text is pretty simple. You can just reach me at one, two, oh, six, three, oh, nine, five, one, seven, seven. I'm pretty darn good at texting back. But again, get out there, get to work. Don't leave this to chance. It's too damn important. Until next time, I bid you adieu. All right. Hey, thanks so much for listening. But And before you go, I wanted to say I really appreciate you joining me today. These conversations are the highlights of my week. And I'm always learning uh, something new from these guests, hopefully alongside you and you get value. Now, I know that so many of you have asked how you can support the podcast. Uh, we're sponsored by Creative Live. They foot the bill so I don't have to put ads for uh, underwear or cheap sunglasses or anything else like that uh, at the front end of the podcast. So just a handful of thoughts here. First, the hardworking, talented crew at Creative Live would love it. We would all love it if you are a subscriber uh, to Creative Live for you know 149 bucks a year, you get access to 2,000 classes. Um, if you are not, if you want to check that out, that's at creativelive.com/slash/creatorpass, all one word. Also, importantly, sharing the takeaways and providing links to the show for any of the platforms that you've got social reach or a footprint. Even if your community is small, I believe that's the best way to spread the show. Small, uh, connected, like-minded communities. Um, also, leaving a review uh, at any of the platforms where you listen to the show is huge for having it come up early in search results. So just a, a couple ways that you can help support the show. Uh, most of them are free. Uh, if you do want to check out the Creator Pass, I think you would love the subscription to Creative Live. But I just want you to know I am so grateful and um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and are, are got your knees bent waiting for the next one to come out, which is probably, I don't know, tomorrow or the next day or we will never stop. Thanks for being part of the show. <laughs>